0: Welcome to episode 10 of the Moana Nui podcast. Today we are joined by Crown Shepherd. Crown is an emerging fiction, picture book, and comic book writer. She's also the author of Black Boy, Black Boy, a children's book series. Her writing is a result of her surroundings and upbringing. She has always been deeply rooted in literature and writing, but it wasn't until she found more writers that looked like her that her writing soared. As someone from an underrepresented community, Crown knows what it means to have representation feed your creativity. The stories she wants to share are aimed at giving a voice to the voiceless. You can find Crown on Instagram at CrownTheWriter and on her website, CrownTheWriter.com. You can also find these links in the show notes. Aloha, Crown. How are you? Hey, hey, I'm good. And yourself? I am doing great. I am happy, happy, happy to be here (laughs) to talk about these these children's books, and we're just honored to have you um, here as a writer and someone who I um, definitely admire um, the success that you have had with your book. I think we launched about the same time. You might have been a little bit before me, but when I saw your campaign on Kickstarter, um, your story, Black Boy, Black Boy, I really... I was so excited to see it um, as someone who has a young nephew. You know, we don't have enough books that reflect, you know, who they who they are, um, what they look like, and to have some role models and, and, and stories to look up to. So thank you for joining us. Um, we really appreciate having you here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. So with, uh, let's just start off. Like, Tell everybody, um, you know, where you're at, where you're from, and what you're currently working on. I am
1: from cold Minnesota. It just it snowed today and it snowed like really bad two days ago and I'm mad about it. But I've lived I've lived here my whole life, born and raised right here in Minnesota. Um and I'm currently I'm working on a lot of oh my goodness, I'm working on a lot of different things right now. Um I'm currently working on a dot to dot book. For Black Boy, Black Boy. I'm working on some um, word search books and some cursive writing books um, for Black children. And um, I think my next really big project to come out should be uh, my comic book crown.
0: Oh, nice. I didn't know you were going to do comic books too. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it actually, I actually started doing comic books. Like oh, that's okay. what I started on. Crown was originally supposed to come out before Black Boy came out, um, but it just worked out where the artist was, you know, more ready for Black Boy and Black Boy, like it started and it was like this fast moving train and like it never really stopped. Whereas, you know, Crown was a little spotty and the train had a few stops and everything. So um, yeah, I started off with that and just Black Boy kind of surpassed her in production, and so...
0: That's awesome. So, have you always wanted to be an author, or is this something that's, like, you know, you've come into, like, for myself, It's it's been more, like, later on in life?
1: No, I always wanted to be one. Since I was eight, I wanted to be an author. I've always written, you know, for myself, poetry, stories. Like, since a little kid, I knew, like, I wanted... Write books like I always just was fascinated with how I could envision this like world in my mind based off of words. So that was like always like magic to me. So I always wanted to create that type of magic.
0: Yeah, well, you're definitely creating uh magic with your book for sure. Um, I just really liked like all of the different positive images that you use for children. And it's you know, it's called Black Boy Black, Boy, but it's still a universal story that can be applied to, you know, children of any background or ethnicity. But of course it's super important for our black boys because, you know, we have a lot of negative imagery and narratives that are consistently being put out there. So to have um, books like yours, are are really important and you know so thank you for putting investing your time and your energy and you know just your love for our young generation i'm sure there are many families out there who proudly have your book in their <laughs> in their kids collection for sure my nephew being one of them so thank you so much thank
1: you for your kind words yeah it was um it was definitely a labor of love for me um a lot of people don't know. Um, if you follow the Kickstarter, you might know. But like each page that is depicted is one of my nephews or godsons. Like that there in this, it's like an actual living, you know, little black boy that possesses, you know, that looks like that character in the mm-hmm. that was extremely important to me because I I, you know, like you said, I did make this book with black boys in mind. Like they were my target. Um, but it is that book that I feel can teach the world because we have, like you said, we have so much bad imagery for black boys. That's all they see. Or they're only told they can be certain things. Like they can only be a rapper or a football player, you know, or, you know, an athlete. They're like certain things they're told that they could be. And I didn't want that like that for me, I have over 20 nephews and um, I never want them to feel boxed in. I never want them to feel Like, they only have certain options. Um, I want them to realize, like, the world is theirs. Like, it is yours, baby. Like, go and grab it. Whatever it is you want to be. Like, you want to be a nurse? Go be a nurse. You want to be a drag queen? Go be a drag queen. Like, I mean, do you, but just know, like, you're not boxed in. And that was the whole point for me was Black Boy, was to let my nephews know, like, one, that there was something that they could pick up and feel seen. Like, they, Mm -hmm. hey, that's me looking back at them in a positive light. And then also, I wanted to give them something where it gave them hope, and it gave them a positive imagery for anything. Like, it told them they can be an astronaut, you know what I mean? And And like, I have met little boys who's, you know, who have told me and their parents have stated that they, they didn't even, their kids weren't even interested in astronauts. Until they read the book and now like, that's all they want to learn about. They, they want to learn about the stars. They want, you know, and stuff like that. And, and, it, and it's opening a world. It's allowing them to understand like, there are all these possibilities. Like you don't have to just be a rapper or an athlete you know what I mean um you can be a firefighter and one little boy told me I didn't even know I I could be a firefighter like I didn't know he's like I love firefighters and I didn't know I could be one until there was a black boy in your book and he's 11 like he's 11 years old right so like it's just yeah it's it's just so much I'm so happy with the response that I've gotten and just like it it surpassed my expectations
0: that's i mean like you've i, I think I, I could not i could not be like following all of it but i mean you've definitely sold over 1500 copies and as a self-published author that is no easy feat um it it is a hustle out here <laughs> so um like tell us about like what have been some of the like the ways because I feel like being a a self-published creator you have to be creative in your marketing strategies and how you get your book out there too so can you share a little bit about like what you found to be successful
1: um the biggest thing that I did because like you know um I launched my book in smack dab in the beginning of COVID like so um Literally COVID hit, my book hit, and panic set in. And I'm like, how am I gonna do this? Because online selling is the hardest thing to do. Like mm-hmm. I sort of mastered it a little bit. I've sort of gotten down my audience or whatnot, but it's still like I, I'm I'm still only the tip of like this huge iceberg that is right. you know, online marketing. But my biggest, I think my biggest thing is that I've literally been out slanging books, like yeah. um. At the beginning of the summer, I live in Minneapolis. So, like, right, like, two weeks after my book was published, George Floyd was killed here in mm-hmm. Minneapolis. We fled to the streets. Like, we we just fled to him. We fled the streets with protests. And I was out there. And um, I initially started handing my book out. Like, we just, like, started handing the book out to um, little boys at protests just for free like signed copies of them with special like little notes in them um just giving them hope and then um shortly after all the protests all of these like outdoor pop-up events started happening so, you know just kind of supporting black businesses and just the businesses that kind of got destroyed during um the protest time i kind of just started signing up for them you know they were calling for vendors and i'm like i'm a vendor like i, I have something to sell you know what i mean It was Juneteenth Juneteenth weekend. Uh, I ended up booking, like, all that weekend. Like, Thursday through Sunday, I, like, had events. Like, different events that I had booked to just sell my book. And I practically sold out at every event. Like, I brought, like, a case, which, like, holds 50 books. And, you know, I'm like, okay, if I sell, like, 10, I'm going to be excited. But, like, I practically sold out every every event, like 50 books, every event. So like in that moment, like light bulb came on and I'm like, you know what? I am going to scour the internet for events. And that's literally like, I went home and that's literally what I did. I scoured the event. Um, I signed up for farmer's markets. Um, I signed up for anything that was calling for a vendor to sell. Like if they were for it, I signed up for it. And Um, since Juneteenth, I've had an event every weekend, like where I've set up a booth or a table and sold my books, and um, that's my biggest strategy. Like that's how I literally got to fifteen hundred books, and like I think I sold a thousand books in like less than three months, like a little three months, and that's just literally because I was I was setting up every weekend and and just bringing the books to the people. You know what I mean? Like I just any event I could get my hands on or get into, I was there. I paid the fee. I set up my books. I had my little display, and off I went. You know, um, I recently started adding other books um, onto the table just because you know my success. I want to share it, and then I just saw the need. Like people would flock to my table just to talk about like how they can't find books for their kids and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, I know all these great books and like, they're, they're those hard to get books. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and it's really hard to get books, but like books you don't know about, you know right. what I mean? Right. A lot of people didn't know about my book until I was standing out in a, you know, on a, at a, on a corner selling it in a table. And that's how they found out about it. And so like, that's been my whole marketing strategy like this entire time, I've just kind of been bringing it to the people. And it's honestly opened up so many opportunities, like just from the people that I've met, I've gotten school visits off of just doing my boo. Um, I've gotten TV interviews off of doing my book, um, readings, you know what I mean? Online reading, live readings, like just different things, just because I'm, I'm there, you know what I mean? They don't have to search for me. I'm, I'm right there for so I think that's, that's my biggest thing. Like that is my biggest success story. And I think why I've been so successful is just like, I just didn't let COVID stop me. Like it wasn't like I had, I couldn't go out of state, but there were plenty of events in state that, you know, most of my books, I'd say 85% of my book have been sold right here at home. Like it's not even, I haven't even reached outer states like how I've reached at home yet. So
0: I love it. That that's so beautiful. Um I mean that's powerful. Like to have a, a strong home base, that's that's the place you want to be, you know, um as a business owner, as an author, as a creator. Because like you said, that's really just the Tip, right? Like you know, you haven't even gone, you know, beyond your your boundaries yet. That's that's (laughs) that's quite impressive. And just that mentality of not letting you know those obstacles, you know, uh, trip you up. And you know, they're there. You acknowledge them, but that doesn't mean that you let it stop. You know what you need to do.
1: I could I couldn't let it stop. You know, all I kept thinking was that I had fifteen hundred books sitting in a warehouse that I had to pay for every month. Yes. Like I'll be damned if I'm paying more money than I'm making off of these things, you know, at this point, cause it's like, you already have to make up for production. You right. know, And so in making up for production, you know, then you have this other bill to have them stored in distribution. So I was like, no, 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 there's no way. These books are just going to sit in this warehouse. Like they're going somewhere. Like. <laughs> they were going to go somewhere out of that warehouse. Like,
2: oh
0: like sorry. I know that's right. Yeah, I was, I mean, I got mine kind of just before COVID hit too. I mean, and for me, I have 3,000 of these things, right? And I still have close to 3,000 of my books because I personally haven't been able to get out um, just because of health reasons and things like that. But oh, man, like... And the only reason I'm probably not as stressed is because they're sitting in my basement, right? I actually have room for. It. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, when you have those, those expenses that need to be paid, you know, these books need to be moving, right? So, um, I absolutely love that we were able to connect for Juneteenth. That we brought together um, a nice group of lady authors and we were able to like cross promote and you know help get the word out about their books. And I think I saw a couple of them on your table now, right? Is that correct?
1: Um, I've added, yes, I've added, um, Dr. Dr. Artika Tyner's books to the table. Um, Justice Makes a Difference. That was the book she showcased during, um, Juneteenth. And then I added, um, Carmen Maple's book, um, Gigi's Little Dreamer. That's right. We recently this weekend added to the table is Papa's Fishing Day by <laughs> you, so I'm really excited about that. That's that's added. Join the table, um, get some of those. We'll get some of those books out of your basement, no problem.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I really appreciate that. Like to me, the collaboration and networking is so amazing. I, it's the part that I love the most about being a creator is meeting other people and just kind of bouncing ideas off, like sharing these experiences. How can we build together? Was that your kind of thought? Like when you decided to bring more authors in, were you trying to accomplish something? Like, what's your, do you have a bigger goal of, um, I don't know, maybe having a distribution company?
1: I mean, as part of my writing dream, I've um, always wanted to own my own bookstore, diverse bookstore. Um, And, um, I mean, that's still a far-off dream. I don't see that, you know, happening anytime soon, just for the simple fact that bookstores are kind of dying off anyways. Who knows if that's really going to be a dream, but I kind of feel like I'm being forced into the dream. (laughs) And, you know, I don't mind it. Um, I don't – I honestly – I don't know how I started adding books to the table um it was um my editor for crown my comic book he um also um writes and um publishes or help helps author publish um children's books so all diverse children's books and um He was, he doesn't live here anymore. And he came into town and uh, we were talking and I don't even know how the conversation got to me just adding these books, but I ended up leaving our little meeting with like six cases of different books. (laughs) (laughs) So it it was again, that whole, okay, I have these cases, like I have to get rid of them. So it was just like, um, I had a really big event um, coming up that weekend. It was uh, the Black State Fair. And um, here in Minnesota, it was the first time we had ever done something all black vendors. Um, it was kind of a big deal here. And that weekend was the weekend I chose to add those. I think it was three different books to the table. And within, I think, I had two days of the Black State Fair and like that first day, I sold out everything. Wow. Everything I brought my books, their books um completely like sold out. I think that first day like i sold 30 books of one of their books and it was just craziness and then like the next day um i brought double and practically like came back with only like 10 books um of the four titles that i had on the table and then you know i was like you know i just saw the need you know like people like not only just black families but a lot of white families and other cultured families are trying to introduce more diverse books into their children's libraries. So it wasn't even like the Black Safe Fair wasn't even like it was just Black people buying the book. Like I have, you know, of all races buying the book. So then it was like, okay, well, I know all these other authors, you know what I mean? And I know how, it, how hard it is to be an independent author and you're doing it all by yourself. And um, a lot of, you know, independent authors have to work full-time jobs like this right. is like this is part-time and at the moment for me it's full-time so it's just right. like you know, why not help them you know what I mean I I am in a position to be at these events I am in a you know my I'm already there my book right. is already on the table and um my book isn't like having their books on my table isn't going to hurt the sell of my book, you know what I mean? And I've, you know, so it was just like, I've slowly been adding more and more books. Um, I don't even know. I think I'm up to about 10 books, maybe 12 on the table now. Um, well, I don't know because I've sold, I sold out of a lot over the weekend and just know I haven't been able to re up on a few titles. Um, um, so I've got, I mean, at the moment I've got about 10 to 12 titles, on the table that I, you know, put out on the table and help authors sell. And um, I love it. I get more excited when I sell one of their books than when I sell one of mine, you know, because I have one author who her book is maybe two years old and she's been sitting on about 5,000 copies that whole time. She kind of reached out to me and she was like, uh, I will give you 50% of my commission if you can get rid of these. I didn't take that, but it was just like, that's how desperate she was. Like, like if you can, you know, work your magic and, you know, help me get rid of these, then do so. And I think I've sold, I've had her books for about three weeks, and I think I've sold about 75 of her, her titles thus far. So um, I'm happy to help, you know? I know how it is, and I don't know. I look at it as good karma, too.
2: Absolutely. You
1: know, I'm helping people and that good karma will come back and help me. And I don't know, just during my journey of making black boy, I had a lot of help. You know what I mean? It's not easy. Like people, it is not easy to produce a book from start to finish it is, um, expensive. You know what I mean? And if I didn't have, um, the support, and the help that I had. Black boy wouldn't be what it is. And I wouldn't be in the opportunity, I wouldn't be in the position to have the opportunity to sell other authors' books. So, you know, and then I like having books that nobody else really have. Like, you know, you can find it online or you can find it on Amazon, but you have to search for it. So it's not like I, you know, I'm not sitting with at this, you know, this place with all these, you know, best-selling books, even though these are best-selling books. Mm-hmm in the standards of, you know, what society or time says, you know what I mean? Like these aren't books you see in Target and everywhere. So like, if you want this book, I'm your girl, like you want it. I'm the only one that's got it. Like I'm the only one that's going to find it, you know, especially with the books that are, I'm getting from out of towners like you, like if they don't know you and they don't know to search for your book, they're not going to find it. Right. It's not Like, you know, I could be standing outside of Barnes and Noble, selling the books that i sell barnes noble doesn't have it (laughs) i i like i like that too you know what i mean like i like that aspect of it like i have exclusive books like yeah you can get it elsewhere but you don't really know where to search for these books you know what i mean i already i have them right here and so you know and i think that's a big part of my success too is that i've had books that are diverse books that are beautifully written books you know what i mean by the author of their, the heritage of that book. And they can't get them anywhere else. Like, you know, and, you know, when you look at a children's book, you want to thumb through it. And those first few pages always catch, catch them. Like, it, it never fails. It, it's always going to catch them. Like, you know, and that's why I'm excited to put your book on the table. Because your book is the first book that I have on the table that's bilingual, like that has both English and I'm not quite sure what's going Hawaiian. Hawaiian. Okay. I didn't want to see if there was like a special word for it. Um, but yeah, this is the first bilingual book. I think it would do really well just because of all the different aspects that you put into it. And then it's, it's, it's not something they can go into target down the street and buy, you know what I mean? Like they're not going to be able to get your book, you know, they can, they can go to your website and get it. But like to have it right there at my fingertips, like, yeah, you're not going to no, know you can't go down to target and get this. <laughs> want it, you got to hear it right now. And like, I think that's the big appeal with it too, especially with, um, I, you know, a big part of my clientele are teachers.
0: Yeah. You know
1: what I mean? So like the teachers, I mean, they just eat it up because it's like, oh, no other teacher that I know has this book or (laughs) school has this book. Like, oh, I'm going to, you know, this is amazing. I have this book and, and then I get my authors to sign them. So, like, a signed book, too, is, like, rare. Like, they can't go to Target and get a signed book. You know what I mean? But at my booth, you're, you can get a signed copy of the book from the author. You know what I mean? So, like, there's just, I think, really good aspects of it. And that's kind of what I like. I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of just letting this thing grow. Like, it, it, it's kind of happening as it, it goes. I'm actually trying to look. Um, I'm looking into adding some comic books to the table, um, because I get a lot of, oh, I have children's books, and I get a lot of, oh, do you have anything for older kids? Like, older kids, older kids, I need older kids, you know, like, I need, and, and it's mainly, like, boys, it's like, oh, I need something to engage my older boy, and I'm just like, comics, and they're like, oh, we're just over, they're over the Superman, and I'm like, no, indie comics, it's <laughs> indie comics, like, I'm, I'm telling you, get, I mean, they're like, indie, I'm like, there are tons, I mean tons of, <laughs> comics like out there like amazing comics like that your kids can be engaged in right that like are rare like nobody else is gonna have them but your kids so like i'm 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 adding that to the to the groove of everything because i just see like there's a demand people want the books you know publishing traditional publishing houses and traditional like bookstores say oh there's no there's no need for no want for diverse books but I don't, they I always say they haven't met me because right. <laughs> I don't there's not an event I go to that I don't sell 10 plus books and that's just like you know and that's like an eight like the longest event I've ever been at eight hours so in like eight hours you guys can't sell it I don't know what it is and I think um it's because that's all I offer I don't have anything else like it's diverse books that's what you're getting that's what you want if you're at this table you're getting some diversity in your life. <laughs> With a little (laughs) swirl in there, you
0: know? No, I I absolutely love that. And I was actually wondering if you were going to do comic books, because I actually have um, a couple, you know, friends that are creators that I would love to recommend um, for you. You probably already know some of them. But, yeah, I I think they would be open to having, you know, another um, avenue to get their, their, their project out there. You know, all of us indies, you know, that's... The collaboration is a big part of um, our success, I think. Um,
1: It really is. It really is, you know. Um, And I think we, I mean, I think that's a a good way for us to help each other grow. Also, like, what kind of what I'm doing, like, you know, when the world does open back up. And you are back out there, you know, and you are having booths and you're at events and you're doing table. You know, you know other creators who have books. Bring their books on. You can 20% commission like hey if I sell your book I'll take 20% of the commission the rest of it goes to you you know what I mean but that's a way for you to get like that means your book is in an entirely different state at an event making money without you having to do anything and the way I look at it is if you as a creator can get your book onto 10 other people's tables you know what I mean and you're adding those 10 books to your table do you know Mm -hmm. that? that you all could have, the networking that you could, you know, that you could have. You don't know who you could, who to pick up your booth or your book at a table you're not even at, there, but still reach out to you because, you know, you got your things in there. You got your book. Oh, we want to reach out to you. You know, I had uh, one of my... um. One of my authors reached out and said that a school here in Minneapolis reached out to her for a school visit, Uh, for for a Zoom school visit, you know, because that's how they're doing it now. And it's just like, she would have never got that opportunity if her book wasn't on my table and that teacher didn't buy it. So it's just like, we need to stop thinking that because there's other authors or other books on your table that um, it's going to hurt your sales. It's really not. Because if somebody's going to buy your book, they're going to buy your book regardless of what else is on the table. You know, and in my experience, because you are the author, they're going to buy yours over any other book anyway. (laughs) You know, like I've had people come to my booth. They've picked out, you know, I'm not the type of person. I don't go when they come to my booth. I'm not like, oh, and I wrote Black Boy, Black Boy. I let them Mm -hmm. peruse a certain book. Oh, they pick up Gigi's Little Dreamer. I tell them that it's about a little girl and her grandma. And I give them description because that's the book they're looking at. If they, if they pick up my book then I'm like, yeah, that's my book. I wrote it. That's when they, I initiate that conversation and nine yeah. times out of 10, they want to buy, they still buy the books that they were originally going to buy. And they want to buy my book just because they get to get an autograph right there from the author. They get to get a picture with the author. The author is right here. So they want to pick it up. So your book is going to sell regardless because you're there selling it. I putting, putting other authors books on your table, not only helps with your karma it helps with your exposure because you can do a deal like okay you have my book i have your book we don't take you know and then we take 20 percent commission we take 10 percent commission we take no percent commission you know right. you're networking all the way in another state or you're getting cash by selling that book too you're making right. a bit of money off of just selling that book you know i have books on my table that are like five dollars i only make maybe a dollar fifty dollar twenty five but you know it's something you know what i mean and for me, it's not even about the money. I just love the fact that, you know, some author book is in the hands of somebody right now. Right. You know? And I did that. Like, that. that's because of me. So I love that. That gives me good goosies.
0: Yes, I absolutely love that. So you're, like, you're driving that home about um, about... <laughs> having someone else's work with yours is not at a detriment to your own. Like, cause I, I feel like I've seen that mentality so many times and I'm like, guys, partnership, like stop being small, you know? You're already out there. How can you help somebody else? It doesn't cost you anything to do it, you know? Like, it's just about working together and yeah, man. So I'm, I'm very happy to have a like-minded, um, like like woman uh to, to be partnered with. Um, it's amazing for sure. Well, we gotta
1: support, we've gotta support each other. Like that's the biggest thing, especially as indie authors and stuff like that, because it's hard. It's hard. We're competing with traditional people that say there's no want nor need for our book, and yeah. it, it's hard to prove that, you know what I mean? We we're the only ones that can prove that, and uh we gotta support each other in proving that because I don't know. I just, I don't know. It feels good. Like, honestly, I, I tell, I just tell people do it, do it one time. It feels good to sell somebody's book. There are times where people come to my booth. They don't even buy my book. They don't even look my book's way because they have a daughter or they have mm-hmm. a brand. My book's for a boy. You know what I mean? So they don't even look, but I still sell a book. You know what I mean? And it makes me feel so good. Like I love randomly like hitting up my authors that I work with and be like, yo, I sold out of your book. <laughs> like I sold 20 books, you know what I mean? Like I, it makes me feel like I feel accomplished. I feel hella good. It just feels good when they get excited. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I don't know. I know what it's like to you know go for you know that period where you're not selling any books, you know. Because like I said, if you're not out there, like hand-to-hand sales are are your number one, they're always gonna be number one. Like anybody who's done events will tell you I've sold more in a day doing an event that I have ever online and stuff like that. And, you know, so like those people that have been stuck in that rut on that online tip and then they finally, you know, and they get that message from me, like, Hey, I just, I've all sold out of your books. I need more books. You know I mean? like, that, Like, yeah, it's crazy. You know, it, it's excitement. Like I have one book that I have on the table, like and all the sales from that go to um, support a nonprofit. Uh-huh. So, The the nonprofit is able to run is from the sales of this book. And I can help with that. I am helping with that. You know what I mean? I've sold 20 of her books thus far. And so in selling those 20 books, like that money is helping her nonprofit stay alive. It's helping it continue to do the work that you know it's intended to do. So I you will just need to get over that. Like that whole like it's gonna take away from me because it's not like you gotta think about like target target has their own brand but then they have 50 other brands inside their store you know I mean? like do you, you if you think target was like no we're only going to sell our brand and that's it do you think target would be who target is no i'm like known like to certain people as the book lady you know what i mean like and i wouldn't i don't think i would have gotten to that extent if i wouldn't have added other people's books to my table you know like um there's a farmer's market I go to and there's the two little white boys that I mean gets, they bought black boy, black boy. It's their favorite book. They tell me every time they see it, they love it, but it's not even that they come every time I'm at that farmer's market, they come and they buy a new book. I've done it. I think I did it July, August, September and October. So four months, they got four new diverse books each month. They had, they got a new book from me that was diverse. Um, and they just, they love it. Like they love like every month that I saw them, they were excited to see me back at the farmer's market to tell me about their new book. You know what I mean? And like the things that they learn from that new book. Um, And it's just, it's like beautiful. Like it's beautiful. And they wouldn't have gotten that if I would have just stayed with Black Boy, Black Boy. If I would have went for those four months and only had my book, one, I wouldn't have had two new friends. And- <sighs> their world wouldn't have been expanded to the point where, you know, their parents are telling me that they are going on to on black online stores to buy their books because their kids don't want the mundane white books anymore. They like the diverse stories, you know, because they're not the same. They're not what they've been hearing for years and years and years they're getting new, revived, different types of stories. That's exactly what the mom said to me. She was, uh, they had bought, um, Justice Makes a Difference was the last book that they had bought for me. She was like, just the story and what they learned in Justice Makes a Difference, you know, about the old civil rights uh, leaders and stuff like that. She was like, they would have never learned that. They wouldn't have learned it in school. And she yeah. was, they wouldn't have learned it in any other book that I would have bought them before we met you and, and started buying books from you so like their whole perspective on books changed just because I set up a booth Right, <laughs> so it's like you know um I encourage people to set up booths you know you know, you know some places have farmer, farmers markets all year long ask them like ask find out a way to get in there most farmers markets want to help out especially when it comes to like, the diverse movement, like, milk that stuff for what it's worth. For sure. For diversity, and they want your books. People you want your books, people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because for me, like, it's the, the part that I love most is hearing, um, you know, from the kids and the parents and the feedback that you get on a book, and like, all the hard work, it, you know, like, all those times. Maybe doubtful is it's even going to work. Um, are they going to like this story? I don't know. You know like these things that we tell ourselves. But then when you just get that fresh perspective, they're like, oh my God, we love this book. Like, we thought, you know, I am not going to give too much spoiler, but we thought the shark was going to be something else, you know? And it wasn't. So, <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, we've been conditioned to think a certain way. Um, and so, yeah, the diversity perspectives of these stories are critical, for, especially for the kids. Like, I mean, you've said it, right? Like these little kids who would not have known about this and are now interested. And who knows what what that one book, or that one story, what that will take their life, the path that will you know lead down, right? Like they mm-hmm. might become some great allies, people of color or, you know, like help to put you know, make things happen um, using you know whatever they might become. A, a, you know, as an older um, adult and everything. So to me, it's just a promise, right? Of of hope, something that we have not yet seen. And so, I really love your spirit and what you've been doing. It's uh, very you know parallel to a lot of the things that I love about you know. I might not be out in the market, but it's one of the reasons why I started podcast. Like how can I amplify these voices of these people whose work that I love so much? You know, <laughs> I can't be out in the streets, but I can be here on these internets trying to build this online presence. So
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, we gotta, we gotta help any way we can because our kids like our kids need it, you know, like, and not just, um, black kids, you know, um, I've been selling an um, Asian book from a Hmong author also. And, um, the feedback that i get from monk parents or the um what color is your hijab is a
2: Mm -hmm. a Somali writer
1: and uh, just the you know the reaction from somalian parents and kids when they see the book because you know it's a book written by somebody with their background that you know gives respect you know like it's it's accurate you know what i mean so like that means something and it's all about the representation like no matter where it's coming from like the Hawaiian aspect from it, Black, Asian, you know, they need to see themselves represented in these books. And not only do they need to see themselves, the world needs to see it because there's no hope for, you know, our generation and above. You know, they're set in there. A lot of them are set in the way that they are thinking. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to have any type of real change to our society, it's going to start with the kids. And I firmly believe that that starts with books. Yeah. Books. The fact that a little white boy can pick up my book and be in love with my book and see black children and black men represented in positive aspects allows their mind to formulate the fact that okay, a black man can be a doctor. You know what I mean? Because not only does society tell black kids that they can't be certain things, society tells everybody else that black people or black men can't yes. certain things. So it's not even just the mentality of our children that we need to change. We need to change the mentality of other people and seeing these positive representations, like allowing them to say, allowing the, a book to say a black man can be an astronaut allows any child to be able to pick up that book and be like, black boy, black boy, what do you see? I see an astronaut. He's a black man. That's yeah. a black man. I mean, you know what I mean? They need that type of representation. They need to understand that it, it that We're all human. It doesn't matter the color of our skin. Like we want what we want, the same things. We want our kids to grow up and be successful and whatever it is that they want, that you know we want for them. And that's just we we need it. Like that's just what I'm trying to say. Is like it's so important. It's not even funny. Like how important um, it was, and I knew it was important when I wrote my book, but I didn't realize how important it was until. Like I was out there and like I was meeting people who had read my book or heard the story and just yeah. like and hearing like how my book or a book that I sold them impacted them. And this is, you know, people of color and white people like it's it's very been very impactful. And I just think it was black boy dropped at of like, unfortunately, at a very stressful, hard, but good time. Like he dropped when he was supposed to.
0: What would you recommend to someone who's thinking about writing a book, but is not quite sure how to start or, you know, or is feeling intimidated by the whole thing? What
1: advice you got to do it? You got to You just, I mean, that's the best advice I can, I can give you. There are a lot of um, online sources that can help you free and paid for. Um, I'd say do your research, you know, because there are vanity presses out there. What? Okay. Back up the train. My first advice is do it yourself. Mm. If you're a diverse writer, do it yourself. Don't go traditional because when you go traditional, you lose control over everything. And I'm a firm believer that um, the white men sitting at those tables making those decisions can't make decisions for my community. They don't know what's best for my community because they told me that my book wouldn't sell if each page had a different Black boy on it. But they were wrong. (laughs) You know what I mean? They they don't know what your community needs more than you do. So do it yourself is my first piece of advice. My second piece of advice would be do your research because there are people out there scamming in everything. Mm-hmm. They're going to scam you. There are things called vanity presses. They will nine times out of 10, sca- no, 10 times out of 10, they scam you. Um, but then there are also independent um, publishing houses that get masked as a uh, vanity press and aren't. You're going to spend money, okay? If you're doing it yourself, you're going to be spending about 10 Gs if you want a quality book. It is what it is. Like people, like you will see on the internet and it drives me absolutely crazy when people say, oh, you shouldn't pay to publish your book. Well, then how is it going to get published? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like um, there are vanity presses out there and, but they're pretty easy to spot you know what I mean? Over like an independent publishing house. You, if it's your first time, I recommend an independent publishing house to guide you because you don't know what you're doing. You don't. And it's not easy. Like Mm -hmm. I an independent publishing house and I learned so much that I didn't know. You know what I mean? And I think that's a big part of my success also, because I did put in the money to make sure I got, Exactly what I wanted, and I got the guidance that I needed because there were, look, <laughs> like their trim sizes, in pages, like there's a lot. You know what I mean? From from idea to finished product, book yeah. you go through a lot. And so I say get guidance. Like that's your that's my biggest advice. Get guidance if it's your first time. Um, for the guidance, if you know somebody who's been through it and can help you do it free go for that but that's very rare because it's a lot (laughs) so a lot has to happen so I say yes pay pay you got to pay your dues to get your book like um traditional they spend 30 grand on a children's book right just to put that out like and you probably won't ever see that back but if you're a hustler you could see your 10 g's for your independent book back within a few months.
0: you're a perfect example of that.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I am, Like, I, re- I really am. Like I recouped mine in a month, like everything I spent on my book. And um, I did crazy things like music videos and book commercials, and I was doing all types of crazy shit. So like, I spent a little more than that. But I mean, you can make it back because I mean, books, books are good money people.
0: I mean, and especially after you get over the first order, after that, you know, like you no longer have to recoup production, right? It's just the cost of printing now, which is not that much if you know the right printers to to do it and the right strategies to to do that. So
1: And that's yeah. where the guidance comes in, people. Guidance.
0: Yep. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: I just know a lot of people who didn't have guidance and they spent a lot more money in the long run than I did, you know. And, um, you know, I had people who who mocked me and told me, oh, you know, you're with the vanity press. And I'm like, OK, but I I spent probably the same amount as they did on their books for production. And I've sold way more. Than right. You know? And a lot of it was guidance. You know, what yep. I mean? there are certain things I wouldn't have known, like a press a press release, having a whole press kit. I wouldn't have known about no press kit. If it wasn't for them. I didn't know about a press kit until they're like, oh, it's press kit time. Oh, what does that mean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. That's something yeah. I need to work on myself. I'm like, I'm going to get this press kit together one day. But no, yeah, but- so we can talk about that because I'm going I'm to pick your brain about
1: that. <laughs> I'm just saying there's like guidance. That's my probably my key. My two big advice is do it yourself, but get guidance. You know I mean? and There are people out there that will guide you. You're going to need to pay for it. It's worth it. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know a lot of people that went with an independent publishing house and and didn't say that was worth it. And when I say independent publishing house, that's not a vanity. Vanity prices usually take your copyrights and they usually take your publishing rights. Independent, they don't. They don't want nothing but your money. That's all they want. (laughs) That's it, to manage your project, to help guide you. And honestly, you'll only really need to do it once. I don't feel like I'll ever, I'll need it again. Um, I'm actually in the process of like, Hoping a few authors publish their book. I'm probably going to open my own company, you know, help yes. to help guide people. Like, you really only need to go through it once um, because you do do all of it. Like, they're literally there to guide you. You do it all. You do your press release. You do, um, I hired my own illustrator. Some of them have their own. You do do everything yourself, but they guide you. you know, they guide you so that you don't have those trip ups, you know, and yeah. you for the illustrator and the editor and the design and formatting and printing like you're gonna pay don't ever let anybody tell you're not gonna pay i hate when people are like oh don't pay if you have to pay for your book you're you're being gypped no because a lot of times people don't even realize what the traditional you pay for that too they give you a check and then you don't get any royalties until your whole project is paid for right all the marketing they that's why I say traditional is thirty thousand dollars for a book. Uh-huh. Because you're doing marketing, advertising, top of the line, everything like you're you pay all that they need to get their money back before they start cutting you a check. The difference is as soon as the books is printed, I get to start cutting my own checks. Yeah, I know that's right. <laughs> like I don't have to wait for them to tell me what was sold. I know I'm in control, so
0: that's right that's right yeah I, I will wholeheartedly support that advice uh, absolutely um, you have to invest in yourself and that's how you should look at when you you know you pay for your guidance it's an investment um, and basically what you're investing is your money so that you can save your time because the time you cannot make back you can make your money back you know like you can always find ways to make more money. But you cannot get one minute of your time back, and that is the most valuable thing you have in your life. So, um, budget it in, people. Budget it in.
2: <laughs> most definitely.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Well, guys, you just got like a basically a self-publishing lesson, a really brief one, but like she dropped a lot of nuggets. So, you guys should definitely be taking notes if you have ever thought about you know, uh, creating your own children's book. I get people asking me that, like, occasionally. Just had someone ask me that earlier this week when I told them, I asked them all the questions, you know, like, what's your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? What's your budget? How much, you know, how much are you trying to put into this? How much time are you willing to commit? Um, You know, I just started asking them those questions, and it's so funny how quickly people back up. It's like, yeah, it's not easy. it's not It's not.
1: i agree i tell people all the time we need uh more people don't be intimidated by it i mean hard work is its own reward because when i tell you holding your book in your hands for the first time i don't have kids so i just feel like that is what it's like right you know I and mean? like for me it was like it was it's so really- real like it's still a moment like it's still top moment of my life because it was hard work. It was days where I didn't think it was going to happen. When I didn't when I was done, I'm like I'm over this, you know, stressed out, but to hold that finished copy, that's your that's everything right there. That's your blood, sweat, and tears. And then just to hear not even the adults, but little kids, like little kids love them some books and some authors. Like they don't even Like to you, if you write a children's book to a kid, you're a celebrity, you're a star.
2: Right, yes.
1: (laughs) You are the man. And then if it's a book that they love, oh, you are just, you are everything. Like do you, I, I've always had like little kids love on me, but like when I go back to like events, certain events where, you know, I frequent quite a bit or something, or I see Like a little kid who has seen me on the news or something, like they flip out. Like (laughs) I've little boy, like hug me. I've had one little boy tell me, "You're the book lady." Um, One little boy told me, "Oh, you wrote my book. Um, I'm in. I'm. I'm in that book." And I said, "Oh, really?" He said, "Yeah." Flip to a page. He said, "That looks just like me." I mean, it looks just like him. Dreads everything, but just to hear them be excited about the like your book, something you created, or I'd be crying. I'd be at a whole tears. Like, oh, having little kids like recite your book to you. Like it's just like I'm it's worth the hard work, you guys. And they need it. Like just think of yourself as a kid. A big reason why I wrote, I wanted to write, and a big reason why I went children's book avenue first was because I, we didn't have it as a kid. We didn't have those books that, you know, had that type of representation as a kid. And just to see the joy in little kids' faces when they see a book that represents them, or when they feel themselves as that character in the book, it's like, boy, it's Christmas Day what <laughs> to do with themselves. Like, it, it is a joy to watch. Like, I've watched little kids crack my book open right in front of me and be like, the world just falls away. You know, they turn the pages, and you can just see the like what is happening to them, like on their faces. Like, you know, I've had little kids as little as twelve years old, eleven, tell me like I've never had a book that had a little boy like me in it. You know, like so, um they want it, they need it, and y'all need to do it because I mean, like, what's the best way to get to get people? It's a lot of money, guys. You can make a lot of money. Because hardcover book, you can price at up to $15 or more. Yeah. That's a pop. And if you go about printing right, you can get your books as low as $2 a book for printing. You do the math.
2: That's <laughs> so true.
1: Just saying. You do the math. You know what I mean? There is a, I am like living testament, there's a want and need for books for black books, for Asian books, for native books. I get that a lot. Do you know any native books, Hispanic? Those are the two books. Anybody out there, you've got a Hispanic book. Like, and I mean a by Hispanic writer, like it has to be, want no white writer writing my Hispanic book. I want a Hispanic book, a Hispanic writer, Latin. I can be, you know, Mexican, Dominican, Puerto Rican, what, what, whatever your background is. If it reflects in the book, I want it. And um, Native American. Those are the two books I've been asked about a lot. Um, if I have any of those. Um, so if you, anybody knows, if there's any authors watching, anybody know of any authors, um, I try to go the independent route. I want those books, you know, those books that you can't find and target get at me. I will put them on your table. I can't make any guarantees, but I've been doing pretty
2: good. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: right. <laughs> In about a month, we're going to do this again. And then Mona can toot my horn too, like toot too, like
0: Yeah. I'll hook you up with him. He does uh, children's books. So well, wow. The hour went by very, very quickly. So for, for those who are watching, I want to put Crown's book in your hands. So I want you guys to go to crownthewriter.com and I want you to go check out Black Boy, Black Boy. She has her book. She's got coloring books, activity books, um, a whole bunch of, of different merch, um, like sling bags. I saw the cape. I, I need you to hook me up with how to make the cape because that's that's something I definitely wanted to do for my nephew. Um, so, yeah, definitely go check out Uh, Where can they find you on social media to connect with you?
1: Um, Crown the Writer. Uh, Instagram and Twitter is Crown the Writer. I believe Crown Shepherd is my Facebook. You can connect with me. Yeah, Crown the Writer. Anything Crown the Writer is more than likely me. If it's not me, somebody has stole my identity. Now.
2: That's right. That's
0: right. <laughs>
1: like i did my research before i came up with that clever name
0: thank you again so much for joining us here um and we wish you all the success um that we know that you're gonna have so yeah any last words before we sign off
1: yo support each other we all we got
0: That's that's true. So true. So true. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Moana Nui podcast. You can find us online at moananuipodcast.com. Drop us an email or a note on our um, YouTube channel. Leave us some comments. Let us know what you're thinking. If you guys want to see more from Crown or other creators and authors that you might be interested or a fan of, uh, we would love to have them on the channel as well. But in the meantime, take care, malama pono, a hui and we will see you guys again soon. Bye-bye.